Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Zach. Um, today on the Unashamed Podcast, it is just me. Um, I am not joined by Melissa this time, which is sad. Um, but we're, we're trying out this different format called Deep Dive Episodes, where we're going to be taking um, a really good look at specific topics in the Bible. Um, these are just topics that we don't feel like can be covered in 15-minute episodes, um, in topics that we feel deserve more than just a quick touch in a, in a summary Um, And so we're excited to do a couple of these deep dive episodes with you guys. Um, Today's episode is going to be on how to study the Bible, how to understand the Bible. Um, And I'm going to kind of break it up into different parts, but we're just going to get right into it here. Um, When it comes to understanding the Bible, I've talked to a lot of people who I think disregard trying to study the Bible or trying to understand it because they just think it's too hard. Um... And I think the reason is, you know, you may be one of those people. I was one of those people at one point. Um, But I think the main reason is, is we just go about it the wrong way. Um, I think we have to recognize that the Bible is not an ordinary book. It's not a book that you just pick off the bookshelf that some human wrote. You know, it's, it was inspired by the living God. um, And it is also his chosen way that he chose to reveal himself to his people. Um, if you if you really know a lot about the Bible, you know that the entirety of the Bible is really just a process of God showing us who He is um, and what He wants uh, for us, and in um, that usually comes out of His character. And so it's this it's it's really just a a large revelation of of God and who He is and who His character is. Um, and so we can't treat it like an ordinary book. We can't. Um, sit down like with a life science textbook or something and expect to just get facts and expect to just be able to walk away with straightforward information we can't we can't take an ordinary approach to a supernatural book when it comes to understanding and studying it Um, but that being said the the con the the other side of that is that god didn't intend his word and his scriptures to be something that only the smartest of people can understand. Um, you know, you don't have to have an IQ of 500 to be able to understand the Bible. That's not what he meant it to be. Um, but he did intend for us to approach it in the right way. And so um, before we get into like a method or how to study the Bible um, and different things that can help you understand it, I just kind of want to give an overview on how we should approach the Bible Um, the different things that we need to understand before we take a passage and try to unpack it. Um, And the first and most important key to understanding the Bible is the Holy Spirit. Um, If you don't know anything about the Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit is part of God. Um, He is one of the three in the Trinity, which is a whole topic that even the smartest of Bible scholars struggle to understand. And the truth is we can't understand it. Three, three persons in one being doesn't make sense to us. Um, but one of the persons in that being is the Holy Spirit. Um, and if you know anything about Christianity, you know that once you become saved by believing in Jesus Christ um, and you are born again, you receive the Holy Spirit into your life and he comes into your life. Um, and a big role that he plays is illuminating the truth or revealing the truth in the Bible to us. Um, on a on a personal basis because since he lives in us he often uses his power when we are when we are studying to show us what he wants us to come away with um i think a a key verse to that is in ephesians 1 
It says from verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the states, blah, blah, blah. And so what he's saying is that um, the Holy Spirit brings revelation to us um, through the scriptures. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, it says, For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Um, and so when you're understanding where we even got the Bible, you have to understand that it was humans um, who wrote it under inspiration from the Holy Spirit. And so really, um, you know, the Holy Spirit was the one who wrote it, not physically, but through his inspiration. And so who better to help us understand it, right, than the person who wrote it? Um, and so really, the first and most important key to approaching the Bible is understanding that it begins with your relationship with God, and you need to pray for him to reveal himself to you through the scriptures. Um, I mean, for me, like every time that I sit down to study the Bible, I start out by praying I pray before and afterwards, and I, I pray before purely to just ask God to, first of all, help me focus, because I think I'm like mildly ADD, um, but <laughs> um, to help me focus and also to reveal what he wants to reveal to me um, through his word, because I think that if we ask for that, I don't, he, he says in his word, he doesn't withhold good things from us, um, and, and understanding the scriptures is a good thing. Um, and so you just need to ask him to help you with that. And so, yeah, it really begins with your relationship with God, your personal relationship with God um, in prayer to ask him to reveal himself through the Holy Spirit um, to you through whatever you're studying in the scriptures. Um, I think the second key to understanding the Bible is understanding the concept of worldview. Um, if I ask anyone what worldview is, of course, they're going to say, oh, well, it's the way you view the world. Well, yeah, obviously, um, but it, that's really what it is. It's the lens through which you see life um, specifically to yourself. Um, so that includes your beliefs, your thought systems, the culture that you identify with. Um, it's just all the different things that make up who we are fundamentally in how we look at things. Um, I mean, if I have a Christian worldview, which I do, I'm going to look at um, like the, the humanistic perspective in psychology is that we are fundamentally good people and that every person has the, um, capacity for greatness and, and that we are all good at our core. If I have a Christian worldview and look on that, I'm not going to see that as truth because it's contrary to what I believe into what my worldview is. Um, and so really what your worldview is, is, Everything you come into contact with, you are looking at through your specific worldview. Um, and the reason why that is important to understand is that the Bible was not written to us, but it was written to a specific audience at a specific time with a specific worldview that was very different to what ours is today. Um, for example, the way a first century Jew would understand the Bible is not the same way that we understand it directly like if we're just reading it we're not going to understand it the same way as a jew in living in the first century would understand it and that's just because we have different worldviews we have different cultures we have different ways that we look at things and i think we often get the bible very wrong because we take things and we try to apply them directly in today's culture and way of life and like i said it wasn't written to us it was written for us 
but it wasn't written to us in our 21st century. And so we have to understand how our worldview affects the way that we see the Bible and also somewhat understand the worldview that the people had to whom it was written to. Um, Because I think that, um, you know, if I read a letter that someone wrote to someone else and not to me, I'm probably not going to understand everything that's in it because it wasn't written to me. It was written to someone else. And so it was written in a way that that other person would understand and written in a way that that person thinks, and that's not how I think or understand. And so we have to, um, when we're studying the Bible, understand that it wasn't written to our worldview, but written to a completely different worldview. And again, that varies with what book you're talking about, who wrote the book and all that stuff, but we'll get into that stuff later. Um, So then, how do we understand the Bible? Um, I know that this may sound complicated to you, um, but I'm going to break it down into three steps. Okay, so when we come across a passage, we need to ask three questions. The first question is, what did it mean then to the ancient audience? As in, the people that this was originally written to, what did it mean to them? That's the first question. The second question is, what timeless truth is taught in this passage? And the third question is, how does this passage apply to me today in a contemporary audience in the 21st century worldview? How can we apply this passage today? Um, And when you break it down like that, it seems easy, but it's not so easy when you try to go and do it. Um, But I'm going to try to break down these steps for you guys. Um, Hopefully you understand. Um, I'm going to try to make it simple. Um, So yeah, let's get into it. So the first question is, what did it mean then to the ancient audience? Um, And so really the question is, how the heck are we supposed to find this out? I mean, we don't live then. Um, We don't even have people, obviously we don't have people that we know that lived then. Um, And so we kind of have to step back and we have to forget everything we think we know about the passage and look at it with fresh eyes. Um, One of the best things to do, especially in like the Gospels or places that are story-oriented, is to put yourself in the passage, put yourself as a person in the passage, um, and learn, this is a huge one, learn not to take the supernatural as natural. And what I mean by that is there's weird things that happen in the Bible, right? Um, For example, the story of Jericho and Joshua. Right, They go to attack this city called Jericho that's super fortified, has all these walls and everything, and God tells them to walk around it for six days, and on the seventh day, walk around it seven times and blow these trumpets and the wall will fall down. Right, We take that as normal because we've heard it so many times, those of you who have been in church for maybe when they were a child or something. We've heard that story so many times that we take it as normal, but that's not normal. <laughs> To walk around a city and have the wall fall without even touching it, that's not normal. Um, Another example is like when Jesus rises from the dead, we think that's normal. That's not normal. People don't rise from the dead. Don't don't take that, especially not that dude who they said, I don't know when this was, like a year ago, um, when they had a video of that guy rising from the dead and he was sitting in the casket and all of a sudden he he quote unquote came back to life, even though he had his like phone in his pocket and his mouth was moving the whole time. People don't rise from the dead, so we can't take those things as normal when we're reading the Bible. They're supposed to jump out at us and make us think, huh, that's not normal. (laughs) So that's that's another tip. Um, But the best thing you can do when you're figuring out what it meant to the original audience is look at context. 
Okay, and what I mean by context is the things surrounding the passage. Now, there's different kinds of context. For example, there's historical context, as in what was happening at the time that this passage was written or that these events happened. Um, for example, you can compare historically similar books. So if you know anything about the Bible, there's four Gospels, and um, a lot of events happen in all four Gospels, but they're told from different perspectives. So if you want to compare historical context of a, po- of a passage in, the, in one of the Gospels, you can compare it to the instances of that event in the other Gospels and look for similarities, look for differences, all that stuff. Another example is like Acts and the epistles like Ephesians and Galatians and Philippians. Um, the epistles were written during the time that Acts was taking place, the events in the book of Acts. Um, and so if you have some sort of commentary that can tell you, um, you know, this was when Philippians was being written, you can kind of see what was happening in the world at that time in the book of Acts and then take that back to a book like Ephesians or whatever, and maybe it'll make sense more. I don't know, things like that. Um, you can look for historical context um, as to what was happening at that time. Um, There's also cultural context in the sense of understanding the Jewish culture um, and the different cultures that were back then that were their worldview, basically, or at least contributed in a big way to their worldview. Um, And there's different uh, materials out there. I'm I'm not saying you should try to figure all this stuff out by yourself. Um, For example, there's like Bible dictionaries, um, there's maps, there's study Bibles, Um, My sister has a thing called a first century study Bible that actually has notes in it that are based on um, the Jewish culture. And so that kind of helps with trying to figure out the cultural context of each passage. Um, But again, if you, I'm not expecting everyone to be able to get their hands on such things. Um, I don't even have most of this stuff. Um, But if you can at least get like a study Bible, that would be great in helping you understand kind of the context of what's happening at that point. Um, The one thing that everyone does have at their disposal is literary context. Um, So what I mean by that is what's the text saying that surrounds the passage that you're trying to study? Um, For example, ask questions like who, what, when, where, why, and how um, in terms of what's going on around the passage. What can I, um, what's the setting of the passage? Um, Especially looking at the specific book that it's in because each book in the Bible has a specific author um, who wrote it and also a specific audience to whom it was written to, which means there's a purpose there. There is something that may help you um, understand where they're coming from or why they're writing the things that they are or why they included the passage in that book that you're trying to read. Um, And where you can often get that um, in terms of purpose and all that is usually at the beginning of the book, Um, It'll say, like, I usually, like Paul, when he writes, he's like, I, Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, am writing to the church in Philippi because of this reason. Um, And so kind of look around the passage. Don't don't zoom in so much to the passage that you miss what's around it, because there's lots of things around a passage in its context that can help us to understand what the author really meant by what they're saying in that specific passage. Another really interesting um, advantage of like a study Bible or something like that um, is cross-references. And so like in most study Bibles, they'll have um, 
like a place on the page that gives like different scripture references to um, that kind of go along with the passage that you're looking at, um, which is very helpful. Um, and also there's some in the Bible itself, as in in the New Testament, a lot of times they will quote verses that are from the Old Testament. So when you see things like that, go find out where did that come from in the Old Testament and go see what that person meant to say. Um, go to the Old Testament and see where that verse originally came from, and that can also help you figure out what the what the original meaning was, um, like why they included that in the passage. Um, two of the most helpful things to look for in the passage is um, one thing called the FCF, and that stands for the Fallen Condition Focus. Um, and this is really something that you can use to um, kind of help you figure out what's the point of the passage. Um, but really what the fallen condition focus is, or the FCF, is the sin or the need that we share with the people in the passage that needs God's grace through Jesus. Um, so it can be a sin, it can be a need, it can be a lack of information. Um, but what you're asking yourself is, what does the text address um, in this specific passage that is a sin or a need that we share with the people that it was intended to be written to. Um, and so you can ask yourself, like, what did today's people share in common with those to whom the text was written? Questions like that can help you um, break that gap of worldview and be like, okay, so how am I, um, what do I have in common with these people? Um, maybe a common sin or a common need um, to the people that they are talking about in the passage. Um, that's very helpful to try to figure out what the original meaning was. Um, also look for Jesus in the passage. Um, even in the Old Testament, there is tons of instances of what they call typology, which is basically people in the scripture that are supposed to symbolize elements of Jesus. Um, so for example, Joshua was a type of Jesus because he saved his people. And what does Jesus do? He saved mankind. Um, things like that. Look for Jesus. Look for the redemption narrative. Um, if you've ever studied how to study the Bible, you'll know that the overarching theme of the Bible is redemption. Um, it's it's all about how are we going to get back to Genesis 1 um, with the perfect Garden of Eden, with a perfect relationship with God. How are we going to get back to that? That's really what the whole Bible is about. Um, and And Jesus obviously made that possible when he came and died. And so in every passage, we can find some element of Jesus and some element of redemption. Um, and we can ask ourselves, how does this fit in the overall theme of redemption throughout the whole Bible? So that's really helpful in terms of just figuring out how it fits in the overall story. Um, I think oftentimes we get so focused on a specific passage um, that we miss the forest for the trees, so to speak. Um, and what I mean by that is we get so caught up in the details that we miss God's overarching story, which really is Jesus and it's him redeeming his people back to himself. Um, and so figuring out where that kind of fits in that point or that theme is also really helpful in figuring out what the original meaning was and why that passage is included in scripture. So all these things are just kind of different. Um, parts of trying to figure out what it meant to the ancient audience. Um, context is the biggest thing in terms of what's around it. Um, but really, after you've answered this question, um, 
you're kind of out of the hard zone. That's the I think to me that's really the hardest part um, is trying to take off your own worldview and your own thoughts about the passage and try to figure out what the passage is actually saying to the people that it was written to. Um, and please, guys, if if there are things that you don't understand about the passage, like words or cultural things, look them up. Like I think most of us have access to Google or some form of the internet. Um, and look them up. Don't don't be lazy when it comes to studying the Bible because you're just hurting yourself in the long run. Um, so that's the first question um, of how or what did it mean to the original audience when this passage was written? Why is it included? Um, what did it mean to them then? Now going on to the second question, which is what timeless truth is taught, what that means is there is a timeless truth in each passage that we can extract and apply it to our lives no matter when we are living or in what culture we're living. Um, it's a truth that's apl- applicable to everyone. Um, and so we're trying to figure out what truth is in a specific passage um, that we can take away from it. And this is where you start kind of interpreting what you've learned and what you've gathered in the first step. The first step's more so gathering information and trying to understand it properly. Um, The second step is more about interpretation and trying to um, extract, like I said, this truth out of it that God wants us to get from this passage. Um, And first of all, it's not application, as in we are not applying it to our lives yet. We're not trying to figure out actionable steps yet. Um, It is also not what it means to you specifically. Um, this is why context is so important is you're trying to figure out what the text is actually saying, not what you think it says or what you think it means in your life specifically. Um, a lot of people do that is they'll say, oh, well, I think this verse means this to me. And then they teach that like, that's what the Bible says. Um, and oftentimes that just gets muddled and the truth that's supposed to be in that scripture gets masked by, um, what this person thinks that it means. Um, but we're, we're trying to figure out what the Bible is saying, not what we think it says or what we want it to say even. Um, and the best thing to do in this question or to answer this question is to compare scripture with scripture. Um, you may have heard the saying before, let scripture interpret scripture. Um, and again, what that means is don't attach your own meaning to a scripture or a verse or a passage just because it's hard to understand. We want to be very careful to uphold the truth of the Bible, and we want to be very careful about how we extract the truth. Um, and so let, when you don't understand something, go to other scripture, not to human means. Um, and so the best thing you can do is to compare scripture with scripture. That involves um, comparing multiple translations of the Bible. Um, some translations are harder to understand than others. If you have two different Bibles that are two different translations, Um, open the other one and look at the same passage and read it, and maybe it uses different words that are easier to understand. Um, If you're well-versed with the Bible, as in um, you understand or you know a lot about the Bible, look at other places in the Bible where you think that the truth that you're finding in your passage is also taught. Um, For example, if you're looking at a passage on um, controlling the tongue, like in James, Um, Maybe look for other instances of talking about controlling your speech and controlling what you say. Um, Like maybe in Matthew when Jesus says, um, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, things like that. Um, Look 
for other places that it talks about the same concept and compare and contrast those and try to figure out what they're saying together. Because um, really, the, the Bible never contradicts itself. I know a lot of people will say, um, oh, the Bible has errors, the Bible has this. Um, it just doesn't. If you think that the Bible contradicts yourself, itself, I would love to talk to you. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, but it, it doesn't. It, the Holy Spirit doesn't contradict himself. Um, and so the other thing that we can get out of that is the fact that if, if you've pulled out a truth from the Bible that is contradicted or um, is contrary to what it says somewhere else in the Bible, you probably need to check your passage again because the, the Bible doesn't contradict itself. Um, and so that's why it's helpful to find different passages that are on the same topic because you can kind of compare them and use them together to figure out what the truth is that we're supposed to get out of it. Um, and the last thing you can kind of do is, is check with commentaries. I know all, not all people have access to commentaries, um, which if you don't know what a commentary is, it's basically a book that someone has written that is basically their notes and what they believe different passages to say which can be helpful. Um, talk with other people, talk with other Christians about what you think your passage means, see if they get the same thing. Um, but like I said in the very beginning, the Bible is God's continuous revelation of himself. He's revealing something about himself in each passage, and each passage is there for a reason. Um, there's nothing in the Bible that was just put in just because um, in Second Timothy it tells us that all scripture is inspired by God. Um, and so we have faith that God put every part of the Bible in place for a reason, um, which is why we need to understand properly why it was put there um, and why it was put there for the audience and the specific audience that it was written to. Um, and so really you're asking in each passage, what is God revealing about himself? Um, what truth is there in this passage that I need to take out? Um, which takes us to our last step, which is how does it apply to us today? Um, in a contemporary audience in the worldview that you have. Um, because like I said, with a timeless truth like that, that we get out of the Bible, it can be applied in any situation, um, in, in any culture, in, in any worldview. Um, that's the point, is that God wrote this book so that anyone, anytime can pick it up and um, find truth in it that is applicable to them. It wasn't just for the Jews. It wasn't just for the um, the Israelites or what have you. Um, so we can find things in it that will directly apply to our lives that are timeless, um, that are not for a specific group of people. And so now that you have your timeless truth that you've pulled out of the passage, now you just need to apply it. Um, and to me, although understanding it is the most important part, um, because obviously you don't want to apply a truth that's not true, um, then it wouldn't be truth. Um, but the most important part is then applying it to your life. In James 1, it tells us um, from verse 22, it tells us, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. And so what it's saying there is that the Bible is something that we look at and see flaws in ourselves and things that we need to change about ourselves. Um, and what it's basically saying is, is if you look at that mirror and you see things that are wrong and you walk away not meaning to do anything about it, that's just a waste of time. Um, 
if you are not sitting down at the Bible to study the Bible, to get something out of it and change something about your life, I don't know why you're sitting down and studying the Bible. Because what it is, is it's it's a double-edged sword. That's what the word tells us. It's a double-edged sword that pierces our hearts and it lives and it changes our lives. And if you're not willing to change your life because of the truth that you are going to find in the Bible, then you're wasting your time. And I don't know why you're sitting down listening to this podcast because if you're not going to change your life, then what's the point? You, you just want to know? I, I mean, maybe, but it, I'm telling you if, you, if you don't do what you find in the Bible, then you can't go on to another passage because you're just, you're wasting what you found out and you're wasting what God is trying to tell you and teach you through it. But back to the question, how does it apply to us today? Um, what you basically want to do is you want to end up with a sentence of God wants me to blank. There's always something, like I said, there's always something that God wants us to do. Um, and it's helpful to ask some different questions to help you get to that sentence and filling in that blank. Um, one of the questions is, what should I do or what should I not do? Now, this may be in terms of sin. Um, it may be in terms of worship. It may be, um, maybe God is telling you you need to go evangelize. Maybe God is telling you you need to stop sinning in a specific area of your life. What should I do or what should I not do based on this truth that I've gotten out of the passage? Um, Another question is, who should I be? Um, Our identity is huge. Obviously, our identity shapes who we are. It shapes what we do. Um, And so you want to walk away with, who should I be because of this passage? Maybe I should be a person of faith. Maybe I should be a person of kindness. If you look at the fruits of the spirit in Galatians 5, you know, that's a whole list of people we should be. We should be kind, we should be patient, we should be joyful, all of those things. Um, the last question that I kind of have here is what should I set out to do? Um, as in what goals should I have for myself? What um, Should I have a goal of taking this sin out of my life? Should I have a goal of um, becoming more kind? Should I have a goal of what whatever it is? based on your passage. Um, we want to not just be like, okay, I need to stop doing this and then walking away from the Bible and keep on doing that. You need to have some sort of plan. Um, and, and that's where prayer comes in after the word, because we pray before, we pray before studying the Bible so that God will show us what he wants us to do. But then we need to pray after studying the Bible, not only to thank him for his truth and for who he is, but to ask him to give us his strength and his um, guidance in how to apply those things to our lives. Because it's not easy. Like when you read a passage about loving your neighbor as yourself, that's not an easy thing. You can't just walk out and be like, okay, I'm just going to love everyone now, right? People suck. Let's just be real. People are hard to love. You're, you're not an easy person to love. I don't know who you are, but you're not an easy person to love. Let's be real. And I'm not an easy person to love. But we, that's why we need to ask God for his strength and for his guidance and how we are supposed to apply these things to our lives. Um, and so really after, after you have that, after you have some actionable step of God wants me to blank, then you've successfully studied a passage. You've successfully gotten a truth out of the passage. Um, hopefully it's correct. Maybe it's correct. Maybe it's not. Um, but You've successfully gotten your truth out of the passage, and now all you need to do is get out there and do it and live it and live the life that God wants you to, to live. Um, and I think that really we we take the Bible for granted 
Um, I mean, there, there are people out there in unreached people groups, you know, risking their lives to learn the languages of the people just so they can translate a Bible for them. Um, and we in modern day, um, first world countries, second world countries, what have you, um, have our Bibles available whenever we need on our phones in leatherback, paperback, hardback, whatever you need, we have it. Um, but yet we let them sit on our shelves and collect dust. Um, and I think that's a shame. I think that we have, if you, if you properly understand that we have the word of the creator of the universe sitting in front of us, ready to read, I don't know why you're not reading it or why you're not studying it and why we don't work at these things more um, because there's nothing more important than having a relationship with the creator of the universe. Um, and he, he loves you. He, he sent his son to come die for you so that he could have that relationship with you. And we so often just throw it out the window because we are distracted by all these shiny things that we have on earth. Um, and so I just, I just want to encourage you guys. I hope this was helpful um, I hope it was easy enough to understand that you can walk away with um, enough to sit down and try to study a passage for yourself. Um, as always, if you have a question or a specific passage that you are struggling to study or figure out um, what it's all about, you can totally message us on any of our social medias um, at Unashamed Ministries. Um, you can message me if you just look up Zach Hefner, you can probably find me somewhere. Um, on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. Um, but just don't hesitate to ask. Um, I think a huge problem that we have in today's Christianity is that we're afraid to not know the answers to things. Um, and I, I don't have all the answers. Um, Melissa doesn't have all the answers. We, But the Bible does have all the answers. And we want to help you to be able to find those answers for yourself um, and we are totally willing to um, find them with you. And so if you have any questions, if you have any passages that you want us to maybe dive into in an episode, um, feel free to hit us up and let us know what you're struggling with. Let us know what passage you want us to do. Um, and with that, I will end the episode. Um, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. Um, hopefully we can do some more of these deep dive episodes where we just sit for a while and, and talk to you guys about um, important topics. But I, again, I hope you got something out of today's episode. Um, get in the Bible, get praying, get your relationship with God on track. Um, especially right now in this pandemic, we, we don't have anything else. Um, and really when we're not in a pandemic, we still don't have anything else. Um, and so think about what you're doing. Um, and yeah, spend some time in the word and, and practice these things. These things aren't things that just come naturally practice them, um, and if you want the notes of this podcast, find a way to contact me. I will hundred percent get you the notes on studying the Bible and yeah, we will see you next time. Peace. Peace.